Well, we're only in week two of this podcast, but uh, we're already going to mix it up a little bit and do a Thursday game this week. Uh, but it's a game I'm super excited about. We've got Stevens and Wagner, two very different styles of play, lots of playmakers to watch. The resounding success of the first podcast has uh, afforded me the opportunity to bring on both head coaches this week, which I am so grateful for. Uh, so lots to get into today. Let's, uh, let's get right into it. Let's have some fun. get into uh, this week's game, I just want to do a quick recap of last week's matchup, the game of the week, Bernie and Alamo Heights. And uh, listen, this is not going to happen very often. It probably won't happen again the, the rest of the year, but I totally nailed that prediction. I mean, I, I need to go ahead and pat myself on the back here because uh, for week one, to get that, to get as accurate as I did... You know, just know that you're talking to an expert here, all right? So uh, in last week's episode, I predicted Alamo Heights would get out to a 7-0 or 14-0 lead. They did get out to a 7-0 lead. All right, maybe that's not a big deal. But I said Bernie would bounce back and make it a game at halftime. Bernie actually took a very slight lead, 23-20 to at halftime. All right, two for two. Then I said Alamo Heights is going to regain the lead and they're going to have the lead late in the fourth quarter, but Bernie's going to have a chance in the closing minutes of the game to make a comeback, but Alamo Heights and that stout defensive front would make that a very difficult task and would ultimately prevail over the Greyhounds, which is exactly what happened as the Mules claimed a 34-30 victory in their new stadium. And just some of the figures that stood out to me, you know, Alamo Heights running back George Flesher, 18 carries, 92 yards, and a touchdown. Also had that 52-yard touchdown reception. Uh, and then Rashawn Galloway on the other side for Bernie had a heck of a game, 32 of 41 for 306 yards and uh, three scores. And he also had four rushes for 28 yards and then another touchdown on the ground. So um, it was really just an overall exciting game. It was exactly what you hope for in an opener. And um, it just kind of set the mood for like a really exciting season ahead. So let's go ahead and switch gears now to this Thursday's game, Stevens versus Wagner. And um, wow, talk about opposite ends of the spectrum in terms of how to run an offense. Stevens is a uh, run and gun kind of kind of offense because of their star quarterback, K.K. Brashears, who's been starting for the team since he was a 13-year-old freshman. You don't see that very often um, at the high school level, but he has some really great receivers on the outside to throw the ball to. Both Devin Idar and Ethan Gonzalez, his top two receivers, had 10 or more catches in their season opener. Uh, Idar had 14 catches for 104 yards. Gonzalez had 10 catches for 101 yards and two touchdowns. And, um, and the Falcons only had seven rushes for three yards in that game. So uh, they definitely wanted to lean on that passing game and, you know, that talented quarterback and receiving duo. So 
it's going to be very interesting to see if they kind of stay with that style. But then on the other end, we have a Wagner team that runs the ball exclusively. They only threw the ball twice. They went 0 for 2 in their opener. But Wagner... They've got some backs, especially their fullback, Quentin Owens. He uh, led off with 25 carries for 197 yards in that loss to Johnson. Um, But they've got some playmakers. Darian Thomas had four carries for 55 yards. Isaiah Williams, 11 carries for 38 yards. That's their quarterback. And then uh, Markel Ford had two rushes for 31 yards, averaging 15 and a half yards per carry. So, Um, You really never know what to expect. Obviously, that Stevens defense is going to have to focus and key in on Quentin Owens because he did carry the the bulk of the rushes. But still, they can beat you in a lot of ways just because they don't really throw the ball. Uh, They they put the ball in the hands of a lot of different playmakers. And so it's going to be a tough task for Stevens to handle that kind of offense. So that will lead us to the top five players to watch in this week two matchup between Stevens and Wagner. All right, coming in at number five, we have Stevens defensive back Leonard Adams you know he's not going to be asked to do a whole lot in coverage obviously but they're definitely going to need him to play a big role in run support uh, particularly on the outside when Wagner tries to run sweeps or you know get outside on the option so you know at 6'2 170 Adams is one of the more athletic players on either roster and I expect him to make some plays in the backfield on Thursday. All right, number four, Nate Western, uh, the six foot three, two hundred and ten pound defensive end linebacker kind of hybrid. Uh, he's going to need to apply pressure on Stevens' quarterback KK Brashears because if you give him time to throw, he's just going to make you pay every time, you know. Uh, and then he also has to be aware of the scramble. You know, Brashears was Stevens' leading rusher last year and accounted for eleven touchdowns on the ground. So. I mean, obviously the whole defense needs to step up on Thursday, but if Western has a big game, that's definitely going to mean good things for Wagner. Number three, we have Quentin Owens. We've already mentioned him briefly. You know, all eyes are going to be on this fullback after uh, he nearly rushed for 200 yards last week. And, you know, that makes things difficult when everyone on the field knows you're the guy that can hurt them the most. Other running backs like Darian Thomas and Markel Ford are going to have to, you know, step up to try and take some of that pressure off of Owens. But either way, he's going to have to break some tackles on Thursday. Number two, we have Isaiah Williams, the quarterback for Wagner. You know, in pass heavy offenses, the quarterback is obviously the most important position on the field. But the same is true in these option run offenses, because if your quarterback makes the slightest mistake, The defense is returning a fumble 60 yards the other way for a touchdown. The decision-making and anticipation you need to have, I mean, it's truly the hardest position in football, in my opinion. Williams is a smart kid, and he's been in this offense long enough to where not only is he not turning the ball over, he's making the right decisions to move the ball forward on every snap. And number one, K.K. Brashears, quarterback for Stevens. I mean, he completed 43 passes in that 32-31 loss to Bernie Champion. 
But honestly, it could have been a lot more. I mean, there were definitely some drops on the field that night. It happens, first game of the season. But I look for Brashears to really be the catalyst in this game. I think if he's on and if he uses his legs a little bit more, this Stevens offense can be extremely difficult to stop, and they could walk out of Rutledge Stadium with a win. All right, so since we have both coaches today on the show, uh, we're just going to go ahead and skip on over to that. Uh, Let's take a quick break, and uh, up next, we have Wagner coach Jason Starin. First of all, coach, thanks so much for uh, joining me today. So, you you know, you faced a really strong Johnson team in the opener and came up just short. How have your players responded this week in practice? Have they remained in high spirits? Are they more motivated? What's the vibe been like? Uh, we've had a great week of practice. or It hasn't been a week, but um, today was a really good day of practice. Um, kids seemed uh, refocused and, uh, you know, energized and uh <clears throat> more than either, more than any other team that we've had in the past, they um, they really responded and um, they didn't get down with the loss. You know, we um, we just went back to work. Um, we have each other's back, you know. And of course, this week we've got two uh, styles of offense that really couldn't be more different. Um, l- let's start with how you're preparing for the Falcon offense. Last week, you know, they obviously threw the ball 68 times and really used that screen game as a substitute for the running game. How do you plan for an offense that attacks with that short passing game, but then, you know, they're, they're not afraid to take shots downfield either? Okay, so we we try to put our best players on defense, um, you know, with the coaching changes, we were able to hire, you know, a very motivated, um, uh, a younger defensive coordinator. Uh, he's super motivated. He's super smart. His name is Trey Williams. And, um, so he's, he's got the defensive staff working hard and he's going to, he'll have the kids ready. And, uh, Quentin Owens nearly eclipsed that 200 yard mark in the opener. Uh, talk to me about what you saw from him this off season that put him in a position to have a breakout game right out of the gate like that. What, what were some of the improvements he made over last year? Well, he, he, he's a good player anyway, but, um, I don't know if you remember, but he, he got, he got, he got a bunch of carries last year, mm-hmm. you know, LJ, LJ, you know, who obviously will miss anybody who miss a player like that. But um, we made sure to get Quentin in the game, um, knowing how talented he was. And um, he's not only is a good player, he, he understands the offense. He understands uh, kind of where he anticipates, like, where the space is going to be. And uh, he's really coachable. And um, so it's really no surprise he had a good game. Yeah. And, and of course, running that option offense, it's so important to have a smart quarterback who makes the right decisions. And you have one in your veteran uh, leader, Isaiah Williams. What makes him an e- effective quarterback in this offense? And what are you looking to see from him on Thursday? Uh, well, he's he's super bright. He, he really understands it. He embraces it. You know, it's a it's a contrarian offense and not everybody uh, is going to want to run it or. Uh, but but he's. He's, he's smart. He's um, he's willing to play the position. He's uh, he accepts the responsibility, and uh, you know without him we don't execute it at all. Yeah, and uh, defensively, is there anyone on on your side that you're looking to especially uh, have a big game, or or that you may really need to step up uh, this Thursday to put your team in a position to win? 
I, w- I wouldn't say a single player. It's a, it's a team game. Um, uh, one of the reasons I love football, obviously, is because it's a very physical game. But, but of course, it's also about you know eleven guys doing their job. You know, every play. And I know it's very cliche to say that, but we we have good players all over the field on defense. Guys like uh, Nate Western, Brendan Martin, Greg Williams, uh, Nakari Higginbottom, Jiren Kimball. I can just keep naming them. Mm-hmm. Nehemiah Hernandez. Yeah, yeah. And uh, lastly, I mean, what, what, like generally speaking, what are the non-negotiables your team needs to excel at to win against this Stevens lineup? Oh, we have seven commandments. Um, and um, yeah, if, if, we, if we hold true to them, you know, we don't lose a game. It's a, it's a, it's a great formula, but um, I think the biggest thing is, is, uh, you know, being masters of our crafts, you know, being fundamentally sound. Uh, that's, that's something maybe you don't hear people bring up uh, very often. Cause you know, of course we want to win the turnover battle. We want to win the goal line, things like that. But um, if we just take care of our own business, um, if we worry about us, uh, not so much focus on the opponent, if you know, if we take the correct steps and the correct paths and keep the correct leverage, uh, everything will take care of itself. Absolutely. And coach, thank you so much. Uh, coming up next, we've got Stevens Falcons coach, Anthony Boykin. Coach Boykin, I appreciate you taking the time. Um, okay, so yeah, obviously a hard-fought game in the opener against a uh, tough Bernie champion team. What were some of the takeaways from that game, and what what are the key areas of focus and practice this week? Well, offensively, um, you know, particularly in the first half, um, you know, we we made a lot of mistakes as far just penalties, you know, uh, false starts. Um, so, you know, that's something that we kind of pride ourselves on is our discipline. Um, but we had a lot of, you know, four of those linemen had not played uh, under those, those hot Friday night lights before. Mm-hmm. And so they, uh, they needed to calm themselves down a little bit. And so, you know, we've been spending, a, you know, a lot of time on our mental focus, you know, uh, offensively. Um, and then defensively, uh, we gave up a couple big plays over top on a fourth and long yardage situations um, that cost us. And so, you know, getting the defense off the field, alignment, uh, being in the right spot, having our eyes in the right place and making the plays on fourth, fourth and long uh, has been their focus. Yeah, yeah. And, and looking ahead to this week, I mean, first of all, how difficult is it to uh, game plan for a team that runs the option uh, in terms of just practicing and preparing and instructing your guys uh, who maybe haven't uh, faced an offense like that before? Yeah, you know, honestly, Zach, um, we're kind of excited about it, and I'll tell you why. Is Our first district opponent, Marshall, next week, they run a uh, very similar offense to it. And so, uh, you know, we faced it last year. Um, you know, going into this season, I kind of see it as an advantage that we kind of get, you know, basically a practice run before we start district play next week. And so, uh, you know, we get to kind of look at some things and, schematically um and then you know when it really counts with district play uh then we'll have an opportunity you know to kind of test it out a few things so it's, it actually kind of works in our favor uh, is how we look at it right 
And, and how big of a concern is time of possession in a game like this? Are you anticipating fewer possessions for your offense on Thursday? We are, and that's one of the things that uh, I talked with our quarterback and our offensive unit about was that, uh, you know, uh, they, uh, you know, they huddle and run the clock down, which is, you know, kind of unusual in today's game <laughs> where everyone, you know, no huddle. Um, and so, uh, you know, we have to, you know, value, value our possessions, make sure we take care of the football. Uh, we did a good job last week. We, we didn't fumble the ball. Uh, we did throw a pick on a chips pass. Um, but, uh, you know, just valuing, valuing our possessions and, and, and make the most, uh, most of every time we touch the football. Yeah. And, uh, you know, your receivers, Ethan Gonzalez and Devin Idar had big games in the opener. What do these two receivers do well that, that make, what are they doing that makes them so effective? Well, they're, uh, effort guys. Uh, honestly, they, they just work really hard. Uh, they work really hard in practice. You know, sometimes they have to kind of slow them down. I mean, they're like laying out diving for balls and I'm like, Oh, you gotta make it to the game. <laughs> you know? um, but that's just what they do. And so it kind of shows up, uh, you know, at game time. Um, and so, you know, just, just their intensity and passion for playing football. Uh, that's probably the, big, the thing that they do, do the best actually. Throwing the ball 68 times. Was that more just like leaning on your strengths? You've got such a, a strong quarterback and strong receiving core. Yeah. I mean, we, we, you know, basically building on, on what we were doing at the end of last season in our playoff run where, uh, you know, we're at the point with our quarterback, uh, K.K. Brashears, that, uh, you know, he's, he's been in all three. He started as a freshman, and so now as a junior, you know, he's played, you know, multiple playoff games, and, uh, you know, he's just super experienced. And so uh, and we knew we had good weapons on the outside. And so, um, yeah, just kind of – that's a strong point of a strong point for us offensively. So we knew that. And so, yeah, we kind of featured him actually, mm-hmm. uh, and his talents. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, following up on that, like he has played in so many games and in so many big games. And I'm curious, like, what have you seen in terms of his de- development and maturation over the years? Uh, it's, uh, it's amazing. It's fun to see, uh, you know, as a freshman, uh, when we played out there at Bernie Champion, he started the first game. You know, 13 years old, he weighed 130 pounds. And uh, he could, the funny story is he bounced the ball out there on the screen. And I got home, my wife was like, uh, that poor little boy, he's not going to make it through the season. Um, once he, If he gets hit once or twice and he's so little, I feel sorry for him. <laughs> <laughs> and then I just kind of see him grow throughout that freshman season and lead us into the playoffs. And uh, now he's up to 160 pounds and he's, you know, he's six foot. Uh, you know, closer to six one now. Um, so, it, and uh, just his his uh, confidence. He was always mature beyond you know like an average you know thirteen year old kid as a freshman. But the confidence that comes along with that, um, you know, uh, and he's such a humble kid. You know, he doesn't say a whole lot, but he just he he, he exudes confidence just by his actions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and what do you make of the uh, matchup between Brashears and then going up against that secondary? They've got a couple uh, pretty strong uh, players in at the corner and safety positions. Oh yeah, Wagner is. Uh, you know, they're fast, they're physical. Um, you know, it presents you know a, a, a set of challenges for us uh, in our passing game that uh, you know we're, we're 
we're concerned, that's for sure. You know, they uh, they run to the ball well. Um, you know, they mix coverages. Uh, actually, the defensive coordinator, uh, he was my secondary coach at uh, my previous job, so I, I know him. <laughs> he worked for me, so, uh, you know, he does a good job with, with those kids, and, uh, you know, they'll be ready to play. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, Coach, that's really all I have. I, I thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it, and uh, best of luck this week. Thanks, Zach. Appreciate it. Take care now. All right. That will take us to uh, everyone's favorite time, and that is prediction time. And uh, <laughs> I know I said last week uh, it was extremely difficult to predict, but this week is much harder because, again, those contrasting styles of play. And let me just preface this by saying whoever loses this game is going to be the best 0-2 team in the city. I mean, hats off to both coaches for scheduling such difficult non-district matchups. Um, It's only going to benefit them when they head into district play. Uh, But, yeah, I mean, so we've got this slow-moving Wagner offense. It can put pressure on Brashears and that Stevens offense to be more efficient and mistake-free. And so that's something you have to watch out for. But then again, Stevens has seen this offense before, and I think they're prepared to defend against it. Um, I think they'll focus on limiting Quentin Owens and forcing someone else to beat them. Ultimately, I think the Stevens offense is just a little bit more potent with how effective they are throwing the ball. And I envision Brashears using his legs a little bit more to pick up some first downs and keep drives alive uh, and and also in the red zone. So I don't think it'll be a tremendously high scoring game because the number of possessions will be lower than the average game. But I'll go with Stevens 34, Wagner 27. But be careful because if Wagner gets out to an early lead and they're up, you know, 14-0 and they can just milk the clock the rest of the game, I mean, this can be one of those 21-7 type of games for Wagner if everything goes their way. I'm going to put my faith in KK Brashears just because he's such a seasoned player with so much experience and he's got great receivers on the outside and Ultimately, I just think they're going to be a little bit too explosive for Wagner to stop, and ultimately that will put them on top. And that'll wrap it up for this episode. Thank you to everyone who tuned in. I could not believe the response that I got from this. I had no idea um, so many of you were going to tune in, and I just I am eternally grateful for that. And uh, I hope you guys tune in again next week. I will be recapping this game. We can talk about all the ways that I am wrong because there's no way I'm going to be as right as I was in that first week. And thanks again once more. Um, you guys can follow me on Twitter at Zach Mason Sports, Instagram, the same thing. Um, I'll be out there covering this game for the Express News if you want to check out the recap online or in the newspaper. Um, Definitely feel free to do that. Support journalism, all that fun stuff. Thanks again. We'll see you next week.